Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I wish you would smile this morning. Put those hands together. Bless the name of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are exceedingly glad. If you're glad about it, you ought to have a smile on your face. If you're happy to be in the land of the living, you ought to smile at your neighbor, smile at your friend. Let your neighbors and friends know that you're in worship right now in K Chapel online services. We're not here in person, but we're there with you virtually. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to this technology. We can meet and greet each other through virtual means and God will be praised no matter what. Listen, in your home, in your house, in your apartment, we've come to worship and praise the name of the Lord. So while you can, put those hands together and bless his name for God is great and he is so greatly to be praised. God is good. He is greatly to be praised. God is great and we're going to magnify his name together. Come on, man. Let's praise him this morning. Greatness of the Lord. The love that he shows. And the power of the Lord is unbeatable. <laughs> Say that again, y'all. The love that he shows, y'all. And the power of the Lord is unbeatable. Praise. Here we go, y'all. God is great. Anybody know he's great today? And how should we praise him? God is Oh, yeah. And greatly, too. Back to the top, y'all.
God is great and greatly to be praised. It surely is a blessing to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Good morning, church. Our scripture today comes from the book of 1 Samuel, the 24th chapter, verses 1 through 7. It reads the following. And it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistine, that it was told him, saying, Behold, John is in the wilderness of Edinburgh. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rock of the wild goat. And he came to the sheep, sheep coat of the way where was a cave, and Saul went in and covered his feet, and David and his men remained in the side of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thy enemy into thy hand, that thou may do it to him as it shall be seen good unto thee. Then David rose and cut off the skirt of Saul, robe privately. And it came to pass afterward that David hard smoked him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto his man, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord anointed, to stretch forth thy hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servant with thee words, and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. May we pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. O gracious Heavenly Father, once again we come before thy throne. Thank you, O Heavenly Father, for all that you have done in our life, Father God, and the things that you're going to do. O Heavenly Father, we thank you for last night's sleep. For, o Heavenly Father, you kept a, your angel encamped around us as we slept in slumber. Then early this morning, Father God, you touched it with your finger of love. Then our eyes come open to see this day. Father God, I just pray as we go throughout this day that you would build a fence of protection around us, O Heavenly Father. Keep us safe, O Heavenly Father. Help us make the right choices, those that please in your sight. O gracious Heavenly Father, I pray, O Heavenly Father, for the bereaved this morning, Father God. O Heavenly Father, I pray for the sick, Father God. O Heavenly Father, as we go through this pandemic, Father God, we know, O Heavenly Father, where the answer lies, Father God. We know it lies in you, O Heavenly Father. O Heavenly Father, just touch right now, O Heavenly Father. O Heavenly Father, I pray, Father God, for this church, O Heavenly Father. Bless our pastor, O Heavenly Father. Continue to bless him, O Heavenly Father. Continue to lead him, O Heavenly Father, that he will lead your people, O Heavenly Father, the way that you would have us to go. O Heavenly Father, we pray and thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. We thank you for your darling son, Jesus, who hung, bled, and died on Calvary Cross, O Heavenly Father, who gave us his life, O Heavenly Father, for our sins, O Heavenly Father. Father God, we thank you that he rose that third day with all power in his sin. Oh, Heavenly Father, these are the blessings. Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It is well. Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. With my soul. If y'all don't mind, just minister that for just a moment. I got calls this week. Some who, whose loved ones were diagnosed with COVID this week some who had already been vaccinated who were diagnosed with COVID, others who had not been vaccinated were diagnosed with COVID. But when you know the Lord, and if you know the Lord, you can be a witness and testify and saying it is well 
with my soul. It is well. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. situation. It is well.
come thanking you for this offering which we raised. Father God, we pray that it will be up reviewed for the uplifting of thy kingdom. Oh, Heavenly Father, bless those that gave in this offering. Bless those that had desire to give up when they at this time. In your son Jesus' name we thank. Amen. says you don't know my story you don't know my story or the things or the things that i've been through you can't feel my pain you can't feel Say that again. Come on. You don't know my story. You don't know my story. Or the things. Or the things that I've been through. Oh, you can't feel this pain. You can't feel my pain. What I have to go through. What I have to go through to get here. You'll never understand. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to figure it out. Because, because my worship. Oh, yes. My worship is for me. Oh, because my worship. Now here's my testimony. I've been through too much. Mm. Yes. My God. <laughs> yes. I've been through too much. Yes. <laughs> Have I got a witness out there? You've been through. Mm, he's been too good to not worship him. <laughs> Every day, brand new mercy. My God. Yeah, yeah. Not to worship him. Oh, let's take that up a little higher. Oh, I've been, been. Food on my 
knew what I've been through, you wouldn't be looking at me funny. That's, that's, that's what that song says. I've been through too much. Not to lift up hands. I've been through too much. Not to open my mouth. I've been through too much. Not to run around in my house. I've been through too much. Not to put my hands together and bless the name of the Lord. I'm sorry if it irritates you or makes you feel uncomfortable, but I've been through too much not to give God praise. And if you knew some of what I've been through, you might would join in with me and help me lift the name of the Lord. But since you don't know, don't, don't, don't get down on me because I'm going to worship him by myself if I have to. Because I know my story. I know what I've been through. I know the valleys I've gone through. I know the mountains I've had to cross. I know the storms that have been in my way. I know the giants that I've had to slay. I've been through too much. I've been through Not to worship him. through too much not to worship God hallelujah first Samuel chapter 24 bless his name bless his name bless his name while you're getting that let me just remind you it is September and we some months ago initially planned to be back into service full time in the month of September, uh, but things uh, took a turn, uh, and a variant named Delta uh, decided to raise its head and cause those numbers to go in the wrong direction, and so we thought it wise and prudent uh, to just hold what we had in terms of meeting every first and third Sunday and then keeping those numbers when we meet uh, at 150 uh, for any uh, meeting held in the sanctuary. And so, uh, such as it is, uh, we are here with the band, myself, Deacon Ashford, a few folk, uh, 
but I promise you the presence of the Lord is here. <laughs> the presence of the Lord is here. First Samuel chapter 24. I'm going to read from the contemporary English version. There you will find these words recorded beginning with the first verse. When Saul got back from fighting off the Philistines, he heard that David was in the desert around En Gedi. Saul led 3,000 of Israel's best soldiers out to look for David and his men near wild goat rocks at En Gedi. There were some sheep pens along the side of the road and one of them was built around the entrance to a cave. Saul went into the cave to relieve himself. David and his men were hiding at the back of the cave. They whispered to David, the Lord told you he was going to let you defeat your enemies and do whatever you want with them. This must be the day the Lord was talking about. David sneaked over and cut off a small piece of Saul's robe, but Saul didn't notice a thing. Afterwards, David was sorry that he had done even that. He told his men, stop talking foolishly. We're not going to attack Saul. He's my king. And I pray that the Lord will keep me from doing anything to harm his chosen king. I want to preach from the subject this morning, operating in grace. Operating in grace. Grace has been celebrated through song and it has been treasured as one of the great gospel truths grace we like the sound of that word grace your grace and mercy brought me through amazing grace how sweet the sound. Grace is that unexplainable part of God's favor and God's love and God's kindness extended toward us for no good reason. Grace, it is the saving and the sealing of one's soul that God gives freely to those who will accept the gift. Grace is God's unearned blessings, his undeserved goodness, his unwarranted compassion, his unprovoked provisions, and his unmerited favor that he brings according to his own good pleasure into our lives. Grace, it means you didn't do anything to deserve it, he just did it. Grace, you, you, you were not so good he was just so great grace is the amazing 
capacity of God's compassion that no matter how messed up or mixed up or marked up we are, God accepts us, God forgives us, God renews us, and God enlists us in service to him. Grace. Grace. John Newton had it right to call it amazing because grace is just that. But it's interesting, Pat, that I've observed that while we love to sing about grace and while we love to celebrate grace, the church is oftentimes the poorest practitioners of grace. We love to receive grace but it's hard for us to give grace. We love to experience grace, but it is a challenge for us to extend grace. Even mature believers struggle to really operate in and demonstrate the virtue of grace between one another. As saved as we are, as much as we understand how great of an offense we are to God as sinners, many of us still grapple with extending grace to others when others have sinned against us. As many trespasses as we have made against God and as many times God has had to forgive us and give us another chance, a lot of us withhold that forgiveness from others who have trespassed against us. Many times a God has covered us and kept us from being exposed, kept our stuff from being on display and kept our issues from being made public. Many of us needlessly broadcast the failures and the failings of others around us. Yeah, we want people to be gracious to us, but when it's our turn, we fail to give that same measure of grace to others. And Jesus, Jesus taught on this very topic, this very issue in the parable called the unmerciful servant. You remember a man owed his master a large sum of money and could not pay it. But the master forgave the man his debt and allowed the man to go free without punishment or penalty for non-payment. And there he went, happy as he could be. And then he ran across Leroy who owed him $5. And, and immediately all he could remember was that Leroy owed him $5 and he had not gotten that $5 back and he said, I want my money. Leroy said, I don't have it. He said, that's all right. You going to jail today. And when the king, the master, heard about what had happened, he called the man back and said to him, I forgave you this large sum of money that you could not pay, and you went and had Leroy put in jail for the $5 that he owed you. And that's exactly how some of us act when it's our turn to demonstrate grace. We withhold it from others who need it, and we forget how gracious God has been to us. But as a believer... You must develop the capacity for operating in grace. And this text shows us just what that capacity 
looks like. David in the text is on run for his life from Saul. Saul who has become jealous of David and this new and upcoming future king. David has demonstrated great strength in battle killing Goliath that Philistinian giant. With that great victory, great attention now is given to David. Great praises and great celebration are heaped upon David to the chagrin of King Saul. Saul becomes jaded with this dashing and daring David. The cheers that had once been for Saul are now being heaped upon David and Saul sees David as a threat to his authority. He sees David as a threat to his popularity but he also sees David as a threat to his legacy. And so Saul is determined to destroy David. And when we meet David in this text, is hiding in a cave, running for his life from King Saul. And the text says that Saul and his army entered into the same cave to rest where David and his men were already resting. They didn't know that David was there. He was in the back of the cave and when Saul falls asleep, some of David's men come to him and whisper in his ear, you know he's out there. You can get him now. David, this is the day that God has promised you. He's been trying to kill you for a long time and now you can get him. David, David quietly slips over to Saul and without disturbing his slumber, he cuts a small piece of his robe off to later prove to Saul that he means him no harm. And even when given the chance to do so, that his respect for Saul and the office that he holds would not allow him to hurt Saul. This brings me to my first point about operating in grace. When you are really operating in grace, you will have the grace to resist the urge to get revenge. When you're operating in grace, you will resist the urge to get revenge. I love the background noise that's operating in this text, that, that background noise. David, you can get him. David, you know what he said about your mama? You, you know, we, we used to have, you, you, you remember when you was in school and you used to have them guys who, who would boost up a fight. They, that, we used to call them booster cables. All they would do was, was whisper in your ear to get a fight going, to get you ginned up, to, to get your emotions flowing. And, and all they wanted to see was a fight. Instigators, booster cables, whatever you call it. And, and David's men were doing just that. David, you got him. David responds in verses 6 and 7. Look at what he says to his men about all of this. Stop talking foolishly. We're not going to attack Saul. He's my king and I pray that the Lord will keep me from doing anything to harm his chosen 
king. David resists the urge to get revenge and the text says that he is even sorry that he cut Saul's robe. You see, my brothers and sisters, operating in grace means that you get to the point that you are not seeking to get back at somebody. You are not trying to get somebody before they get you. You are not trying to hurt someone before they hurt you. You are not trying to destroy someone's career before they hurt yours. You are not trying to take someone down before they lay a hand on you, but Operating in grace is getting to the point where you can extend compassion to those who don't even qualify. Grace is giving forgiveness to those who don't qualify. Grace is offering kindness to those who don't qualify. And let me help you to understand because that's exactly how grace works. It's for those who don't qualify. None of us qualify for the love and for the compassion and for the forgiveness of God for the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God the Bible says none, none is righteous no not one the Bible says that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags before the Lord so none of us qualify for the blessings of God but that's where grace steps in to give to us that for which we do not qualify. And I wonder if there's anybody who will admit that when you look back over your life that God has blessed you in ways that you don't qualify. God gave you things for which you didn't qualify. Be honest this morning. For how God blessed you, you didn't qualify. For how God kept you, you didn't qualify. For where God brought you, you didn't qualify. For what God gave you, you didn't qualify. For who God made you, you didn't qualify. For where God placed you, you didn't qualify for how God saved you you didn't qualify for how God changed you you didn't qualify for where God is using you you don't qualify for where God is taking you you don't qualify but that's grace and as a community of faith as a body of Christ as the priesthood of believers our responsibility to each other is to participate in the distribution of radical authentic Christ-like grace. Grace that seeks to bless people who don't even qualify for the blessing. David blessed Saul by sparing his life and not seeking revenge for the wrong that was being done to him. Did Saul qualify for such grace? No, but that's what believers do. We extend grace to people who don't deserve it. When you're operating in grace, number two, when you're operating in grace, you will have, secondly, the grace to accept what you cannot change. The grace to accept what you cannot change. Look at it, verse six and seven again. Stop talking foolishly, David says. We're not going to attack Saul. He's my king. Look at that. He's my king. And I pray that the Lord will keep me from doing anything to harm his chosen king. David looks at this situation through a totally different lens. He sees Saul not as his adversary, but rather as God-ordained authority. David sees Saul not simply as a man, but as a man ordained by God. David sees Saul not just as a king, 
and not just as the king, but as his king. Listen to his words again. He is my king. I know he's trying to kill me, but he is. Mm, mm, mm. I'm talking about what grace will help you to do. He is my king. I know he has it out for me, but he is my king. I, I, I know, I know, I know he is jealous of me, but he is my God, my king. I, I, don't, dis, I don't agree with his antics or appreciate his attacks, but he is my king. And not only is he my king, but he is God's king. God's chosen man, God's chosen king. And what David determines is that if he puts his hands on Saul, that he is no longer fighting Saul, but he's now fighting God. So what David determines is that since this is God's man, since God chose him and since God appointed him, then I'm going to let God deal with him. My God. And grace will allow you to get to the point of accepting what you cannot change. Grace will help you to deal with those who are in authority with whom you disagree, understanding that God is bigger than your boss. God supersedes your supervisor. God is mightier than your manager. God is greater than the governor. God is more powerful than any president. God is king of kings and lord of lords. And rather than trying to manipulate people and undercut colleagues and undermine programs and sabotage systems, you ought to operate in grace to accept what you cannot change. Mm. Now, 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 I hear you out there. Let me help you because that does not mean that, that you don't utilize the ways and the means to file grievances when necessary, when one's rights, when your rights are being violated and you have processes at your disposal to report issues of abuse in the workplace, certainly utilize that, do those things, or, or even in a democratic process of voting and organizing efforts to elect new leadership, by all means, engage in the process, do all of that, or, or reporting unfair and unjust or even unprofessional actions taken by people, all of that is fair and appropriate. And I believe that God smiles upon order and works through decent, decent and civil and systematic means to remove and replace and to put up whom he chooses and to bring down whom he chooses. But what God does not smile upon is a heart that is overcome by wrath and a mind consumed with revenge and a spirit enveloped with jealousy that results in schemes and tricks and deceptive practices to hurt and malign people and their families. That is not of God. David operates in grace, recognizing that this is something that God himself is going to have to deal with. It was the Lord who appointed Saul as king. It was the Lord who used Samuel to anoint Saul. And if Saul was going to be removed, it would have to be the Lord to do it. That's grace to accept what you can't change. Can I go a little bit deeper with that? 
because some of us need grace to accept what we cannot change about people. Hmm. You and someone in your life or you have someone in your circle of friends and, and, and you all have different personality types and, and you knock heads and you lock horns because you see things from different perspectives and a lot of what you experience in that relationship has to do with you not accepting what you cannot change. I'm talking to somebody this morning. For the sake of fellowship, for the sake of brotherhood, for the sake of sisterhood, for the sake of family, you need to ask God for the grace to accept about that individual that which you cannot change. The way they do stuff differently from you and it gets on your nerves. You need to ask God for grace to accept what you cannot change. The way they do holidays is different from the way you do holidays. Grace to accept what you cannot change. The way they vote is different from the way you vote. The grace to accept what you cannot change. Thirdly, and I'm through. Operating in grace is having the grace to assist when called upon. This, this, this when it gets real, y'all. You mean somebody who's out to hurt me? I got to have grace to help them? Grace to assist when called upon. I want you to see how this chapter in all of 24, you need to read this all of 24. And then you need to read all of 26 because this is not the only time when Saul attempts to kill David and David demonstrates grace. 24 and 26 give similar stories. But I want you to see how this chapter ends. Verse 20, this is after David has cut Saul's robe and called out to him and made him look and see that his robe has been cut and he's holding the fabric in his hands. He says to him, basically, listen, if I wanted to kill you, I had the opportunity. I could have taken you out and you wouldn't even know what had happened. He said, but let this piece of robe let you know that I mean you no harm. I'm not your enemy. And he goes on and he says, and and whatever you hear them talking about, because you know folk will talk. Folk, folk will instigate and spread stories just to try to make a fight happen. David says, whatever you heard them saying about me hating on you, it ain't true. That's not who I am. That's not how I live my life. And then in verse 20, it looks as if Saul has a moment of repentance maybe a moment of realization of what David is saying. Verse 20 says, I realize now that you will be the next king and a powerful king at that. Verse 21, promise me with the Lord as your witness that you won't wipe out my 
descendants. Remember I told you the concern was about his legacy. He says, promise me you won't wipe out my descendants. Let them live to keep my family name alive. Verse 22, so David promised and Saul went home. David and his men returned to their hideout. David is asked a favor by Saul. He says, listen, I know the time is coming. You're going to be king. You're going to be a good king. You're going to be stronger than I ever was. And in the tradition of other lands, because you remember, this was the first king of Israel. There had not ever been a king before King Saul. So what they were doing, they were basing it upon the lands and the kingships around them. They said, based upon how we see this happen in other monarchies, when another king rises to the throne, what happens is the last king and his family and all of his descendants are put to death. So Saul says, promise me this, that we're going to do it differently. That when you become king, you're not going to do like these other nations around us and kill my people. But promise me that when you become king, rather than destroying my people, rather than destroying my name, rather than destroying my legacy, promise me that my descendants will have some favor in your administration. David hears this request and he makes Saul that very promise. My brothers and my sisters, when you are operating in grace, you're not only not seeking to get revenge, but you will actually provide assistance when asked. Grace, grace is not being stingy with your resources just because somebody was stingy with theirs. Grace, grace is not withholding information just because someone withheld theirs. Grace is not refusing to help just because someone refused to help you. Operating in grace is getting to the point where you realize that God has freely given to you that which you have and because God freely gave it to you, you are willing to freely give it to others. When you read the rest of the story, I'm through, but when you read the rest of the story, you will see that David did exactly what he promised. After the death of Saul and the rise of David to Israel's throne, one of the first things that he does as king is inquire if there is anyone of the house of Saul to whom he could show the kindness of God. Somebody says to him, there is one person left in Saul's family. His name is is Mephibosheth. He said, but David, be warned and be careful. Mephibosheth is a liability. Why is he a liability? Because when he was a baby, his nurse dropped him. And he, from that fall, is crippled. Wherever he goes now, somebody has to carry him there. David, if you get to fooling with Mephibosheth, he's a liability. He can't do anything for himself. You're going to have to take care of him the rest of your life. 
David says, go get him. Mm. Bring him. Bring him to my, my courts. Put a robe on him. Sit him at my table. And as long as I'm king, Mephibosheth will have a place and a seat at the king's table. That's what David does. For the family of the man who wanted him dead. Grace went and found Mephibosheth. Grace picked Mephibosheth up. Grace dressed Mephibosheth. Grace gave Mephibosheth a seat at the table. Grace put him in the king's court. And somebody knows that Grace did the same thing for you. Grace found you one day. Grace picked you up one day. Grace put you in right standing with God. Grace covered you. Grace put you in seats that you have occupied. Grace sat you down at some tables that you could have never sat down at your own. Grace did some things for you. And I wonder this morning, can you testify, where would I be but for the grace of God? Thank God for grace and mercy bringing us through grace and mercy finding us and keeping us grace and mercy and the grace that God has given to us we must be willing to grant unto others your grace your grace and mercy brought me through I'm living this moment because of you I want to thank you and praise you too A sinner like me to tell the world, tell the world salvation is free. There were times when I didn't do. you too. 
justice demanded, oh Lord, that I should die. But mercy said, oh no, oh no, I've already paid the price. Oh, there was a time when I was blind and It's a grace that forgives. It's a grace that gives another chance. It's a grace that wipes the slate clean and allows you to live a new life through Jesus Christ. Jesus came that we might have life and that more abundantly. God extends grace to you right now in that he gives you this opportunity to come to him, grace to say yes, grace to give you another chance, another Sunday, another opportunity to say yes to the Lord. If you're ready to do that right now, why don't you pray this prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, I give my life to you. Come into my heart. Make me a new creature. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I believe he died on a cross for my sins. And I believe he rose again from the dead. And right now, by faith, I accept Jesus as Lord of my life. Help me now to live in the grace that you now give. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to call the number that's on your screen right now. There's somebody there waiting to hear from you to give you next steps that you might live out your new life in Jesus Christ. If you want to renew your membership here at K Chapel, you've been out for some time and you want to come back home, you call the number that's on your screen. We will receive new members right now and rededicate your life to Christ. You call that number. We can do it all right now. Somebody's waiting to hear from you.
pray with you, speak with you, and walk with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Go in peace.